0: Alright, uh, do you want me to do fucking my Uncle Pietro thing?
1: Uh, yeah, let's all right, do it. All right, all right, you all right, committed all right. to this for yeah, the next right. three episodes.
0: Mm-hmm. You're right, you're right, alright. <clears throat> hey, it's Uncle Pietro here! We're back again! We learned this episode that I'm not actually Pietro, though, and this actually probably isn't gonna have anything to do with the X-Men, and it's breaking one of the hosts' heart. We'll talk about it on the show! Welcome to the Infinity Watch Podcast!
1: Oh my gosh, I wonder which host that is, you know, (laughs) it really has my curiosity peaked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. Uh, I believe this is episode six now. Um, I'm Tommy McGraw, and this is... Uh, what What am I even saying? I'm so... Okay. I'm just going to say up front, I had the second dose of the COVID vaccine yesterday, and I'm actually dying today. I could barely get out of bed. I've taken more Tylenol Dude. than a human person should. Um, and so
0: when drink.
1: I seem like I'm on drugs for the rest of this episode... It's because I am.
0: I love it. Well, that I might cut that. Maybe not.
1: Yep. Probably. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the Infinity Watch Podcast. I'm Tommy. I'm here with my co-host, Eric, and we are joined once again with our guest, Amelia, to discuss WandaVision. Welcome back. Thank you. To this prestigious program.
2: Yes, I know. I had to get on the wait list to get back on the show.
1: Well, we're glad you did, and uh, we're happy to present you with your... uh, your purple sparkly Infinity Watch jacket that all two-time hosts get.
2: Um <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. Like a
1: Thanos sport Are we kind of money meal as going a podcast? On, so. Is it
2: in the mail? How can we afford yes, this? Yes,
1: unfortunately, uh, we ship via the the United States Postal Service, which is not as fast as it once was. So welcome. All right. So we are here this week to discuss episode seven of WandaVision. But before we do that, let's jump into the news. Literally, but not literally in any way whatsoever. Um, Lots of Marvel news this week. Um, And then one little tidbit that I picked out for Eric because I knew he'd enjoy it from Uh The Mandalorian. Um, There was a question that was asked to James Gunn because James Gunn apparently just, all he does is tweet is what I found out. I don't know when he writes movies because he's tweeting all the time. Um, And someone said, what's a decision you had to fight tooth and nail for on a movie? Like looking back, you still wonder why did the studio fight so hard against it? and his answer was hiring Dave Bautista on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. The first thing Kevin Feige told me after seeing the first cut is how right I was about him. Um
0: That's a lie. Kevin you Feige. Think so? Yeah, Kevin Feige. I mean, I feel like at the very least that's embellished. Kevin Feige's like, "Hey man, I was totally wrong." I just feel like that's such a weird thing for people to do in that situ- in that position.
1: Especially because he's never wrong, right? So
0: exactly, there you go. We all know
1: that our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige has never made an incorrect decision in his entire life. So, um, I do remember though, like I remember personally being disappointed um, because I thought that they were going to get Jason Momoa to play Drax. Yeah, and like looking back, like who gives a shit? You know, like Bay Bautista is great. Yeah um but i remember there was was a lot of speculation about all the casting decisions for that movie and there was a lot of people up for it but i i didn't know who dave bautista was until this movie so
0: same same here but uh but yeah kind of to your point i think it would have been it would have been fine probably either way like if jason momoa was the original drax everybody would be you know creaming their pants over jason momoa the same way Everybody is over Dave Bautista, and it's just, you know, just one of those things.
2: It would have been fine.
0: Relax, James
1: That's right. Relax, relax. Who's
2: doing that over Dave Bautista?
1: Just freaking out over Dave Bautista? Nerds.
2: Yeah. The guy's not attractive at all.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's (laughs) attractive as Drax, I think.
2: Yes, like wow, like just but, his muscles, like not his face. I
1: don't know. He's this interesting-looking dude, I guess. but uh, you know, Dave speaking of Jason the Momoa, on this podcast,
0: um, I'm not involved here. in this, Dave. I'm I'm a big fan. I think you're beautiful.
1: Oh my god! Well, there you, we're trying to get him on the podcast, Amelia. <laughs> Sorry. You're Really, kind of ruining the vibe we had going. We uh, try to compliment him at <laughs> least once Bacista a
0: week. He's the vibe.
1: <laughs> All right, Jason Momoa. There's some rumors going around that Amber Heard is going to be replaced by Amelia Clark um you know known 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 as Daenerys from uh, Game of Thrones um in the next um Aquaman well, Aquaman, Aquaman. So, thank you yeah <laughs> I got gotcha. you I was pulling this right out of my ass <laughs>
0: um
1: which to me is a major upgrade yes
0: so. in every possible way uh that sounds awesome to me I'm I'm super down for that
1: and clearly her and, and Jason Momoa, who was also in Game of Thrones, already have that existing chemistry. Right. So, Everybody I mean, I fucking like, loves them Amber as an Just...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me preface what I'm about to say by Johnny Depp clearly is a bad guy, a very bad guy, but it seems like Amber Heard's kind of a piece of shit, too. So, yeah. like, you know, cancel them Any, both. Throw anything's them both in an upgrade the right bin. at that
1: point. All right. Looking at the upcoming releases for Marvel Studios, especially on Disney Plus, it looks like we will most likely have something releasing absolutely every single week throughout the rest of the year because they just announced that on the one week break between WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're going to get a making of WandaVision documentary. I know that's yeah. not like a big, huge entry in terms of releases, but. It seems like Disney's like listen, we're giving you something every single week uh and so there's no reason to unsubscribe and 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 you know stick with us the whole time there'll be new MCU content every week which is kind of crazy after going an entire year with nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. They uh they hit the ground running and it seems like they're not going to let up for the entire year basically. Um it seems like do you feel like every like high budget show now absolutely has to have a secondary show either talking about or like a behind the scenes kind of thing?
1: Yeah. I feel like it's just like the low hanging fruit of the entertainment industry. Now <laughs> yeah. it's just like, let's make a documentary about the documentary. Yeah. You know, it's just like everything is just behind the scenes, behind the scenes, which I guess like, you I mean, know, it's, it's great. Cool, yeah. But, like I'm
0: glad it exists. Yeah. It's just it's just kind of weird. Like I feel like that's a very recent thing and it's everywhere.
1: I think it's just cheap and easy to do, right? You yeah, have you're, yeah, you're putting yeah. all of your money into whatever the project is that you're working on. And so then you just get a couple more cameras around to just film what all those people are doing and then as long as the first thing's a success, then the second thing will be fine. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's kind of like all of the all of the uh crime documentaries and stuff nowadays, it's like it's so easy to make a narrative out of a documentary, it seems. And so it's just, those are just everywhere. But I'll take it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to jump over to this Mandalorian piece here for you, Eric. Uh, our friend, our dear friend, Gina Carano. Yes. Had, had, had an interview recently with uh, Deadline. Oh, boy. And she claims to have been bullied by Disney. <laughs> uh, she says, quote, I've been through so much. And I've seen so much now, clearly, of the bullying that's been taking place. And I saw it before. I'm not the only one that's ever been bullied by this company. And I know that so deeply. I could share a story which would turn things around in the media. But I can't because it would sell out a friend.
0: Everyone is afraid of losing their job. Oh, no. You wouldn't want to sell out a friend. Oh, no.
1: One of my favorite things in the world is... For this totally
0: real story that could potentially save your career. Not a friend.
1: Yeah, I, I love when people are like, up, I could Gina say something Corrado. here that would make you see this whole situation. Differently, <laughs> yeah, but I but I won't. can't say it.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. It's just it clearly uh, the theme with her is she wants to feel persecuted. That's the thing. She wants to feel like everybody is after her and she creates situations for herself to make that true. And, uh, you know, eventually she'll go away. This is only going to last at most another month. And then we'll probably never hear about her again, which is probably a net positive for the world.
1: Well put, my friend. Well put. All right. Um, Quick little tidbit here. Um, The date has now passed and Marvel Studios has reportedly regained the rights to both Jessica Jones and the Punisher from Netflix. Big time. At this point...
0: What's that? I said that's big time.
1: Heck, yeah. Yeah, I think it was two years, I think, to the day uh, since since their their final uh, season's debuted, which was what we were waiting for. And so now that means that all of the Defenders, as they were called on Netflix, have returned to uh, Marvel Studios. And so my question is, when are we going to see Daredevil on the big, big screen? Because that's what I'm waiting for.
0: <clears throat> I hope we do. But I feel like, of course, this could have been a lie just because this is what TV execs do. But I feel like back in the day, didn't Kevin Feige say, like, I just feel like Daredevil works way better, like as a TV series. And I feel like if he felt that way just a few years ago, he probably still does. So it does make me worry a little bit that we're not going to see Daredevil on the big screen, which would bum me out.
1: Yeah, I would really like to see him interact with like Spider-Man and stuff like that um the biggest disappointment daredevil's my favorite marvel character for those that don't know and i think the biggest disappointment for me in the netflix shows they did a lot of right a lot of things right but then a lot of things i didn't necessarily agree with but um i like i like how he is kind of like acrobatic and he flies around the city kind of like spider-man does mm-hmm. and that just didn't exist um daredevil should be like one of those guys that has powers Kind of, even though he doesn't yeah, technically yeah, have yeah, powers. Yeah, totally. He's kind of superhuman, right? Totally. And so that's what I want to see, but who knows? Who knows when we'll see that again? I'm still disappointed that we got that Inhumans movie canceled off of the whole schedule. Yeah. We got that shitty TV show instead. So. Yeah. Lots of disappointment all around.
0: I really feel like in Marvel's eyes, they have no use for the Inhumans at all anymore because the X Men are back.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And you know that was supposed to be—they were supposed to help fight Thanos. You know, essentially is what they would have been. But that yeah. kind of when Spider-Man rejoined and everything. Yeah, I think all the Inhuman stuff was just nixed.
0: Um, so. I wanted to say the one thing that I that I could see us, um getting Daredevil on the big screen is something related to like Kingpin and Spider-Man. We haven't had Kingpin is a, (laughs) I don't mean this as a pun, but a huge Spider-Man villain.
1: (laughs) Oh, he's huge. He's (laughs) really huge.
0: Huge. And we've, we've, we got the, um, the really great interpretation in the Daredevil movie back in the day. We got a sim, a very different, but similarly great, interpretation in the uh in the daredevil series but like also into the spider-verse into the spider-verse which was the first time in a movie kingpin has ever come across spider-man which blows my mind because i feel like that's one of those weird villains where i associate him just as much with both heroes kind of which is super rare i feel like
1: no yeah it is for sure i believe I don't know. Did he appear in Spider-Man first? I think in the comics, I'm quite sure he's a Spider-Man villain. He, um, he must. Before he was a um,
0: Daredevil villain. A
1: Daredevil villain. I can't remember anything today. <laughs> um, yeah. He appeared in the amazing Spider-Man number 50 in 1967. And so he is like at his core, a Spider-Man villain, but yeah. obviously he's the arch nemesis of Daredevil at the same time. And so, it would be really cool to have that interaction on, uh, you know, in a, in a live action movie yeah. because we've seen a lot of iterations of him over the last five years. That's for sure. So
0: do you believe the rumors that Tom Holland is already signed up for another trilogy of Spider-Man movies with Marvel and Sony?
1: I would like to believe that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you know, same. like to me at this point, like I know for a long time I would get really into the contract stuff. For, for Tom Holland, it's just like a no-brainer, right? Yeah, of course. Why would you say no? Yeah. And so it seems like, I guess it depends on like how, how badly he wants to get out of that kind of character or not. Um, but, you know, like, <laughs> I'm getting into my pet peeves today. I it's I find it so annoying when like an actor gets a lot of work as a certain character, and then like they start hating that character. And they're like, I want to distance yeah, myself yeah, from this yeah. character. It's like, you're getting paid millions of dollars, just, you know. Yeah, go be Spider-Man some more, Tom Holland, because that's like a cushy gig, man.
0: Right, exactly. Enjoy it. It does seem like most of the Marvel actors do enjoy it, though, for the most part. Even the long time, like, it seems like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans fucking love those characters, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just just have, like, 25 movies and... Ten years, it's insane. They they have to all like not hate it, right? Yeah, you know, I mean they've accomplished I mean, something Chris, that Chris Hemsworth literally... is still around for more.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth doesn't seem like he's going anywhere anytime soon, which is wild.
1: I think there's definitely like a dual mindset to it. There's like actors that are like, I want to be an Octol. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah, I want to be sure. known. Um, but then like Chris hemsworth like, oh hey, you're gonna pay me like a bunch of quiche to like film a movie in my home country where I just get to like. You know, it's it's not Marvel movies aren't going that deep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I don't know. I would
0: love to have that gig
1: personally. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. I love that. There's actors and actors.
1: Actors. <laughs> I would like to act, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, there's a place for those movies. It just I don't know. Just Have have a little bit of both and you're good. So, yeah. All right. Um, WandaVision star. Uh, I don't know how you say it. Tanya Tanya Paris, I believe. Um, who plays Monica Rambeau. Um, she was asked basically what she, what was her reaction to the end of the series? And she replied, epic and incredibly sad. I mean, the whole show is incredibly sad to me, but I'm putting those words together. Um, And she kind of described, you know, once once Monica sees Wanda and realizes that she's grieving, she recognizes their parallel experiences and that they're both grieving loved ones. And so... Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next two episodes. I know we have a lot to discuss in this episode, which we'll get to shortly, but, um, grief and, and kind of, you know, dealing with that sadness is obviously going to be a big theme. So I'm really interested to see how they kind of try to, um, stick their landing on this one. It'll be interesting to watch because we really only have like an hour of show left.
0: Yeah. I'm starting to get real nervous that there's not going to be a satisfying ending. I'm not going to lie. Ooh,
1: endings are always the hardest. Dude. Yeah, that's that's I always struggle with that. Um, I love like just being in the middle of a show and having questions and stuff like that. It's so rare to have a good ending. Yeah, for a show, it seems like. and So I'm really hoping that they somehow land this in somewhat of a satisfying place. But we will see over the next couple of weeks. We will see. All right, I have one more piece of news that uh, was breaking earlier this week. Um, We have just gotten confirmation that composer Danny Elfman will be working on the score for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So that's pretty exciting stuff. He previously worked with uh, the same director, Sam Raimi, on the Spider-Man films. So it'll be good to see him return and uh, hopefully, you know, We'll we'll see. He's usually pretty good. You know, one of the one of the best living composers right now, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not a Danny Elfman fan at all. You're not. I don't. Oh, I think he's gosh, like of course the, you're not of, of the famous like composers right now. I think he's by far the worst. But I have. But here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning yeah, is because he if you listen to his compositions, they're very, you um, What's the word? They're very, like, gimmicky, and they're very, like, campy. Mm. Like, there's a lot of, like, what I would call, like, artificial bounce in them. And it's just, it's created by these fucking, like, sometimes zany sounds and, like, horns and shit. And it's just goofy. And it's like, it doesn't need to be there. And, like, his vibe, like, his vibe, I think he goes way too lighthearted in scenes that should be more serious. And it's like when I want to hear just like a low like string sound and then you'll hear Danny Elf like, <laughs> just like, I just don't, I just never, I don't know. I, I don't like him. He's he's probably my he, least he favorite. He definitely
1: is like a more quirky composer. I think, I think when he nails it, he nails it. Right, yeah. And so like, what's your favorite? Even, like, um, give
0: me an example of your favorite Danny Elf.
1: So movie this is like kind of an off the wall answer, but silver linings playbook he did the score for that movie i've never and seen i it, didn't even so. Did you have you seen that film no or no okay but but
0: continue continue
1: i didn't even realize it was him that composed it but it just um you know how there, there's some movies and i think this is a, one of my major complaints of the mcu early on and, and maybe towards the middle is that the music is so in the background and you feel like it's just there to check the box mm-hmm. and i don't like I that in that. movies yeah um and so in this in silver linings playbook i felt like the score was really good and it was it had a place in the film and then i was like who did the score for that and it was danny elfman um i know some of his stuff recently like when he's coming late to help with you know like spider-man movies or whatever it is um sometimes it falls flat and it's derivative and whatnot but i feel like when he nails it he nails it um and obviously you know he did work for what a nightmare or what is it the nightmare before christmas uh simpsons stuff like that you know so he's had some iconic work and so hopefully yeah no doubt for for something good
0: but i think it works i think his style works much better for something like the simpsons or an animated film than it does for like a superhero movie that at least halfway takes itself seriously which these movies do
1: did you like his score in the in the spider-man movies the sam raimi spider-man movie i
0: let me watch one and get back to you. It's been like 10 years, so I don't remember at all. But
1: yeah, I, I think I, I'm trying to remember like a lot of his score for that one. I should probably watch it again as well. But I remember liking the Spider-Man theme itself. But yeah, I definitely need to give it a watch again because it's been a long <laughs> yeah, time. The movie came out almost 20 years ago.
0: Crazy. Oh my fucking yeah. God. Time is never ending.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: That's so right. stressful. I got news, Tom. All right, hit me with it. Uh, You're going to hate this, but I'm a big fan. Uh, The Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy is still on, baby. Confirmed, which is great news for me because The Last Jedi was easily the best uh, Star Wars movie of the new trilogy, no question. No arguments will be heard on the matter. Um, You're out of your goddamn mind. So that is very, very exciting for me. I think they should let him. I think... in all seriousness i do think that um undeniably he'll be able to make a better movie outside of the constraints that mystery box boy jj abrams set up for him so i completely agree with that yeah yeah
1: that's it seemed like the whole job was a fucking nightmare yeah
0: for sure so I'm excited to see what he does. I hope he does something in uh, in like the Old Republic era, just completely disconnected, but we'll, we'll see. Whatever.
1: Um, as long as we don't have Mary Poppins' Princess Leia back, which is impossible, so we'll be fine, but I will never, never, ever, ever forgive him for killing Admiral Ackbar, you son of a bitch.
0: I mean... That's what you're mad about? Akbar's Unforg- fine, but he's I mean who no. Cares? I'm mad about the whole movie, but
1: <laughs> at least like have a shitty movie where you don't kill Admiral Akbar, the greatest Star Wars character ever ever invented.
0: I don't know. Akbar's fine,
1: but stupid. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm driving over after this episode. <laughs> All, right. And we're fighting.
0: All right. Um oh back. I should have mentioned this in the Gino Carano thing, but they are officially they are not recasting. Cara, i wrote sarah dune but it's Kara or Kara dune and uh, you know what
1: you know what i don't i don't Kara dune about her character at all so like i did she's kinda, boring. I, I don't know i, I did kind of like a good, the character that a good, <laughs> good plan <on> words anyone
0: <laughs> i give
1: myself three points out of ten
0: uh yeah that sounds about right but uh <laughs> but uh yeah i did kind of like the character it does kind of bum me out that they're just uh and they were gonna do that show with like the she was okay. Yeah, she, she was okay. Yeah, but she but there was potential. Now they're gonna have to start all over with like a brand new character, probably taking that same whatever spot in the story. They're just gonna control F Kara Dune and replace it with a new character, I'm sure. In the script. Eric, just to,
1: just imagine for a second. You're a you're a wrestler. Yeah. Okay. And you have you have an okay mediocre character on the best show on a platform. <laughs> And they're like, we want to make a show about you, but you'd rather compare yourself to a, <laughs> yeah. to a Holocaust figure. I'm still this still blows my mind it's how insane. dumb you gotta be it's to insane. ruin that that opportunity. It's It's truly crazy.
0: insane. It's truly insane. But uh
1: sorry, not to retread the whole, no, whole rant no, from last st- episode. It's, it's just still, so silly to me that someone so with so much opportunity would ruin it all for. It's silliness. literally
0: crazy. Like if if you can't see the comedy and how fucking crazy that is, I don't know what's wrong with you. But uh yeah. l- all right, last thing uh there was a nintendo direct this week and it was announced that there's some kind of new uh star wars third person shooter game coming out uh it's called star wars hunters and we saw i mean the trailer didn't show even one second of the game it was like 20 second song to begin with uh real weird but yeah that's coming out i think this year so, I'll, wasn't I'll everyone
1: like upset about the Nintendo Direct? I thought they were it, like people were looking was, for like Metroid or yeah, yeah, Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Or was, I can't remember what it I was. I
0: actually watched it and, uh, yeah, because I was. So, this year is the 35th anniversary of both Zelda and Metroid. And the, and one, they, we know they've been working on Breath of the Wild 2 for a while. And we know they've been working on Metroid Prime 4. Nobody was expecting Prime 4 shit because, uh, They had to restart that game, basically. But uh, the rumor is they had they've been holding a Metroid Prime one through three remaster set. And so everybody was expecting either that or for them to do something similar to what they did for the Mario 35th anniversary, where they had uh, Mario 64, Sunshine and Galaxy all in one pack. People wanted like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask and Wind Waker all in one pack. But they didn't fucking do that. And in fact, what they did is the screen went black and it like slowly lit up and it was the uh, the game director of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. So everybody was like, here we fucking go. Breath of the Wild 2 news. And the first thing he says, he's like, hi, I'm sure some of you saw me and uh, and got excited about Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> While that game is progressing along nicely, we don't have anything to share with you about that today. It was like, are you fucking kidding me? It was- uh, what, a, what a
1: tease, man. Yeah, it, what was, a tease. it was
0: the biggest fake out. And then they remastered what is widely considered the worst Zelda game, Skyward Sword. So nobody fucking cared. And that was all they did. And uh, yeah, so Nintendo does what Nintendo does. They are the greatest and most disappointing company there ever was in history. It's unbelievable, Damn. truly unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I I had no idea. I've never watched any of those before. I just was on Twitter and I saw it trending and I was like, I scrolled through it. I'm like, well, the nerds are pissed about something. Yeah, it, yeah. And so, because sometimes... rightfully so, though. Yes. It's like, I don't know. Like, don't tease, don't have a tease to tease nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, that, and also be a competent company how do you leave so much fucking money on the table if you put out any kind of remaster of a real zelda game or any of the original metroid prime games which they could do so easily they have emulators that can run these games on the nintendo switch They exist. Other companies are using them. They could do this so easily. All the fucking nerds like me would spend infinite money. I would buy all six of those games at full price again without even thinking about it. Everybody fucking would. They were too busy, though, making that new
1: game and watch.
0: Dude, it doesn't make sense. Nintendo, ah, it's like, I love (laughs) Nintendo so much, but they are the most incompetent company you could ever fucking imagine. It drives me crazy.
1: Tell us how you really feel. Drives me crazy. No, yeah, that's uh, that doesn't seem like it makes sense. I mean, I've never played any of the Metroid games or anything like that, but uh, they're
0: classics. Little... They're literally classics, as are all the Zelda games. And there's seems no like way to play them. Opportunity. Yeah, there's no way to play them on the modern Nintendo console. Doesn't make any Absolutely
1: sense. Nuts. All right, we have a big episode to get through here. Episode seven of Wandavision, titled "Breaking the Fourth Wall." which I think Wanda already did when she threw uh, Monica out the first time. True. Um, this episode is kind of like a, a 2010s uh, era, modern family kind of episode, um, which I thought they got the styling that they, they, they nailed it. If you've ever seen modern family, this is like straight out of modern family. It was a, um, it was but, a modern family but
0: the, style, but with a, the office theme song.
1: Right. Yeah. I was just about <laughs> to say that. Yeah. The theme song was almost the exact same thing as the office. Um, and so, High-level overview before we bounce around. Um, Vision's missing at the edge of the uh, the Hex. All of the original sword facility is now a circus out of time, it seems like. It seems like a really old-school circus. Um, Darcy's now in the Hex. Um, uh, Monica Rambo wants to get back into the Hex. And Agatha, or, ooh, shoot, Freudian slip. Agnes <laughs> watches Billy and Tommy uh, because Wanda needs some me time. So I think I just kind of spilled the beans. <laughs> but if you're watching this episode, you've already spilled the beans on yourself. True. So let's let's jump into the Chris McGraw theorem. Agatha Harkness <laughs> is Agnes. Yeah. And that is the big reveal in this episode. Um, Eric, your thoughts?
0: I think this would have been a great moment that was 100% ruined by the awful fucking song that preceded the reveal. <gasps> what? Oh no. <laughs> you don't like the song? I literally hate, like, that almost ruined the episode for me. It just, ah, oh, it's just, it undermines real moments at every fucking turn because of this sitcom bullshit. It drives me so crazy.
1: It's like- It's basically, so to kind of wind it back a little bit, we we discover that Agnes is Agatha Harkness, and we get a monsters-esque black and white theme song kind of thing, uh, where it kind of goes through the fact that you know Agatha's Agatha's been the one pulling the strings all along, um, and, and kind of all those type of things. But the song is really, really corny, um, and it's very similar to the monsters. Um, but so it's, catchy! It's so catchy, uh, Amelia. What did what did you think of it all?
2: Um. Well, I mean, I think it just fits in with the rest of the show and how it's been going and how there's a, like a theme song for everything. So, I mean, it makes sense within the show and I enjoy the show, so I enjoyed it. But that's just my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've listened to the song about seven times now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Everyone on Reddit and, and Twitter and everything, everyone's talking about how catchy this song is and how they want it on Spotify. It's really and, a
0: bop. Yeah, the, the no, song I mean, I'm, on I'm its, all about it. The song on its own is not my issue. My issue is that I feel like this show constantly undermines anything serious that fucking happens with some corny goofball shit that I do. I, that I hate. <laughs> yeah. That's what I don't like. It's just like, can you just let something happen normally without like a laugh track or just like something pulling me out of the scene? It, I, I guess I feel like anytime I start to get sucked into a scene, something immediately pulls me out of it. And it, I, ah. It's so unfortunate.
1: There is like with this show, especially the tone shifts a lot. Yeah, I don't like that.
0: That's not for me. I just don't. I don't like that. I can't handle
1: that. Yeah, I could understand how like that could bother some people. I guess to me, I'm I'm used to it at this point, and so it doesn't surprise me too much. But let's um let's kind of walk through the steps of us discovering uh, Agnes's true identity. So basically, um, we have Monica Rambo and she's trying to enter into the hex and so she mentioned previously she's like my contact will be here with equipment to get back into the hex and i thought that that was kind of going to be a big reveal but that kind of felt like me the wandavision version of your nintendo direct reveal you know where it's like (laughs) they set it up and then they never really explain it and it's just like some random sword agents that are loyal to her mom and not everyone else and so she just tries to drive a gigantic space rover directly into the hex um and so i don't at first that that was kind of weird to me cuz i just i guess i work in a big corporation and like no one gets around the bureaucracy of all this stuff i don't know i just i don't i don't understand how you can have a faction of rogue sword agents and military that are able to confiscate a gigantic rover and get away with it
0: yeah and didn't they say specifically to it was like their best one <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so the the idea yeah, is that they happening. needed this, cr- this crazy space rover because it has so much you know built-in protection so that whatever is the hex is is not gonna affect monica rambo i guess um and so monica tries to drive it in and it's just not working right like the hex the hex, the density of the hex is, you know, force field and this rover, they're basically matching each other. And it shoots the rover backwards and half of it turns into a truck. And so that's not gonna work. And so at that point, Monica tries entering the hex on her own. And she's like pushing through it. It's not like the first time she went through it where she just kind of gets sucked in, right? She is pushing through this and we get a sequence where you hear a bunch of voiceovers. Uh, from the Captain Marvel film, um, Amelia. I know we just recently watched uh, Captain Marvel. What did you think of the whole sequence of of Monica pushing through and and you know just all these different forms of her body? That, that whole sequence of her going through the hex. What did you think?
2: Um, I mean, it was more interesting than the first time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. That's for sure.
2: I mean, the first time she was just like already in there, just immediately in this. You can actually see her like going through some stuff
1: yeah I thought I thought the whole sequence was kind of cool I mean you hear you hear Maria Rambo you hear Captain Marvel you hear Nick Fury um you know there's a there was one line that stuck out it was Nick Fury said uh basically Monica says I'll go meet you up in space halfway and then Nick Fury says only if you learn how to glow like your Aunt Carol
0: yeah and then
1: as she pushes through the hex she comes out and her eyes are now blue and you see, uh, basically, a shot from her perspective of her vision, um, and you can tell that she can see energy now, and she can see how energy is flowing within the hex. And so, whatever's happened, her going back and forth so many times, she now has powers, yeah. and so awesome. I think she's now the Monica Rambo that we know.
0: So fucking awesome! I uh, that's a that's a great, perfectly executed new superhero origin. I feel. Uh, and then what uh, immediately followed uh, her confrontation with Wanda as well cemented that. I just uh, I can I cannot wait to see what her deal is, and I really hope she's a prominent character in Captain Marvel too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, regardless of what anyone feels about the show, it, it definitely is is setting some cool stuff yes up, uh, within the MCU that can be picked up on by other people, and she is supposed to be in Captain Marvel too, so. I would hope that now she has some crazy powers and she's able to manipulate energy or whatever. Um, that that we get to see a lot more of that because yeah. I thought that was I thought the whole sequence was super cool. It was my favorite part of the episode it was her kind of going through, um, and then she just immediately runs to Wanda's house and they start fighting again. <laughs> yeah, and so
0: yeah, yeah. Wanda uh, throw basically is levitating her in, just in the middle of the street. Everybody's obviously watching. Um, you know, clearly still in their days, and then you, you know, it's further cemented that Monica's like beefed up now because Wanda tries to throw her into the ground, and Monica does the superhero land, and there's there's like that like blue energy just comes off her. I that got me fucking hyped. I was yeah, I was like too. that's so sick. A good superhero landing just hits so right still. <laughs>
1: Well, it's it's like especially nice because the last time we saw them, you know, obviously she could do nothing, you know. Yeah. And so we we know now that Wanda's, you know, uh, fucking OP as hell. Right. She's this crazy <laughs> powerful. She can she can do, you know, she's she's trapped this whole town and made this whole make believe world. And so the fact that Monica can now kind of push back and actually fight against her, like shows that she's got some power. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: I like how oh, she's not even phased. She's just like, "Oh, now I can land all cool."
1: Right? Yeah, <laughs> she she figured that shit out real quick. Yeah, oh you know? yeah.
2: She's like, "Okay, here I am. Hello, I'm I got powers now."
1: <laughs> There's one thing we can say about Monica. It's that, you know, she, for, for better or for worse, she she's pretty strong on what she's thinking, and she just jumps right in the deep end. Yeah. You know? And so her her and Wanda, you know, start fighting for a bit, um, and Wanda's basically. Trying to, you know, she's like, "Don't make me do this, whatever." Blah 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 blah. They have some back and forth, but then Agnes comes out pretty quickly, and she pulls Wanda away from Monica uh, when she's trying to reason with her, and she says, "Young lady, I think you've overstated your well or overstayed your welcome." Um, and even just her saying, "Young lady," I'm like, "Well, that's Agatha Harkness for sure," because <laughs> Agatha Harkness is old um i was and, just gonna
2: say that because then she says like run along dear and that's just like an old lady kind of like you know statement yeah,
1: yeah no 100 percent. at that point i was kind of sitting there and i'm like oh shit Yep. oh shit like something's gonna happen we got three episodes left we're almost done with this episode right. you know and so i was i was all about it and so agnes brings wanda to her house and this is the first time we're kind of in her house um and the twins were supposed to be there. She was watching the twins and you see like, you know, peanut butter sandwiches and they're watching Yo Gabba Gabba um, or whatever, however you say Gaba, it. So Gaba, that's I canon in, in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe, apparently. Um, but they're nowhere to be seen. And at, at some point, Wanda asks, where are where are the twins? To which Agnes says, oh, they're just probably playing in the basement. And this is when we enter into the creepiest basement ever, pretty much. <laughs>
2: Did anyone else think that that like TV show that they were watching seemed a little bit kind of kiddish for ten year olds? Like, were they even watching that?
1: Yeah, it did seem. That's kind of what I thought too. I was like, would they even be watching that? Type it doesn't of show? really seem like it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, now that we mentioned Nintendo, Eric, what did you think earlier on in the episode? The they were playing uh, Nintendo Wii and then GameCube. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I. That was one of my. So I take very few notes for this show it's only stuff that really captures me that i want to make sure i talk about and one of like my five notes were uh that i love that there were gamecube controllers because that's probably my favorite video game controller of all times the gamecube controller
2: they didn't grow cords though they were like wireless yeah. gamecube controllers there were there were wireless. no they
0: did there were they're called wave birds i have one <laughs> what?
1: Those totally weren't Wavebirds though I don't think. Were they just I think they were <laughs> I think they I think they just cut off the ends cuz the Wavebirds are only gray, right?
0: I I don't know. That's a good question.
1: My yeah. but well, mine, at least they
2: didn't gray. exist when I had a GameCube.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had I had one Wavebird cuz that was like $35 and back then, I mean, how many months of allowance do you have to save up to get one Wavebird? Yeah, Jesus.
0: Yeah.
2: No, those you got those,
0: allowance? those were oh, yeah. those were the goats though.
1: Um <laughs> no. so wanda you know
2: i got to live at my parents house for free
1: there you go (laughs) what what a privilege yeah um so agnes tells her that the kids are probably downstairs and she just starts walking down in this creepy ass basement and i'm like wanda have you ever seen like a creepy movie before because you're being real dumb and the basement is so creepy it looks like the bottom of a dungeon of a castle or some shit um And the boys are nowhere to be found. There's just like skulls and shit sitting in cabinets in the walls. And then there's this crazy, crazy looking book that's like glowing and shit's coming off of it. And it looks like it came out of uh, that library from Dr. Strange or something.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, you know, clearly Agnes is not Agnes and, and Agnes is Agatha Harkness. And so at this point she comes down and says, you didn't think you were the only magical girl in town, did you?
2: Also, it was very predictable, I think, that she gets closed in that basement. Like, as we were watching it, I'm like, oh, yep, that was definitely going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, how often in any type of show or movie does someone go downstairs and then just go right back up?
2: Also, how did she know where the basement was? We've never seen her inside of her house before, and then she's just like, oh, they're in the basement? Okay, it's this door.
1: I mean, yeah, I would like to think that she made that house or something with her brain, but yeah, just just super weird. And uh, so she gets stuck in there, and that's when you hear this song that that Eric didn't like because it basically goes through and tells the whole story of Agnes, you know, and and how she's been pulling the strings the whole time. At the very beginning, I don't know if you notice this, Eric. Agatha Harkness is coming down on you know, she's floating down to the ground, and she has like a crazy looking witch costume that we only half see before she kind of turns back into her Agnes look. And it looked really fucking cool. But you only see it from kind of like uh, from like her her chest down and then it turns back into like her normal person self. And so I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing her looking like a crazy witch.
0: Dang. Yeah, I, I did not notice that. I'm going to have to find a uh, I'm sure there's a it's in a Reddit thread somewhere.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, like yeah. Purple and like like
0: black and it's like
1: ratted and yeah. kind of. This really spooky looking. I,
0: I like how her magic is purple. <laughs> yeah,
1: mm-hmm. you know, at this they're they're gonna start running out of colors so, though, you know, because <laughs> yeah. now we got Monica Rambeau's yeah, blue. blue,
0: Captain Marvel's yeah. like gold, yellow, gold.
1: Yeah, and so I mean, like, what happens? You know, it's kind of like in uh Star Wars Episode Two when it's just like there's too many of these blue lightsabers fighting each other. It's boring, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> immediately what I thought of. Um,
2: going to totally have black kidding. magic. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: shit. So, um, you know, the, the song has some lyrics. She goes, who's been messing up everything. It's been Agatha all along. And it, it kind of talks about pulling strings. Uh, we see that when Pietro knocked on, on, on Wanda's door, it was actually just Agatha Harkness that was kind of controlling that whole situation. And we also see her kind of behind a TV camera and in a director's chair. So, I guess we are under the assumption then that Agatha Harkness has been pulling the strings of this whole television show, the whole WandaVision show, this whole time. Is that the same thing that you guys kind of took from that whole sequence?
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially like um, with her in the director chair, like you were saying, and like when she was talking to that when uh, earlier in the episode, and she was like, "You're not supposed to talk," and she was so confused when she talked back to her during the interview. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that scene. I think I
1: wrote it down. Hold on one second.
0: Yeah, that's more more what Um, I took from it, more than she was like directing the show. I I don't think she's directing the show at all. If any. Oh, really? Yeah. But but continue with your, uh, yeah, I don't want to derail us too much. Continue with that.
1: So there was just one part where, so in Modern Family, you know, they talk to the camera, right? They're sitting on a chair and they talk directly to the camera. Very similar to like The Office, right? And so Wanda is talking directly at the camera. And she says, I don't understand what's happening, why it's all falling apart, and why I can't fix it. And the crew behind the camera, someone literally says, You hear it out loud, do you think maybe this is what you deserve? And she says, What? You're not supposed to talk. Mm-hmm. And that that scene was like just, you know, it just that caught me off guard a little bit because you're not used to hearing anyone else off screen and the question, the statement to, do you think maybe this is what you deserve is like really harsh. <laughs> and so, that scene was kind of crazy. What did, what did you think about that one, Eric?
0: Um yeah, I was I mean, I enjoyed it in the moment, but I didn't think it was super significant until the end that that scene with Agatha in the in the chair um but I my theory for what wandavision actually is now is now that we know agatha has had a hand in some kind of manipulation and fuckery i think that wandavision might be wanda's subconscious way of trying to like ask for help maybe
1: yeah i think that makes sense i think that's a pretty good theory and it's interesting now that basically now that the hex has expanded that the wandavision show is no longer being broadcast
0: yeah, yeah. so they mentioned that it seems like um, she's like coming unraveled this episode like she can't keep it all together because like shit's like bleeping bleeping that's not the word you know blipping yeah. in and out um in the in the beginning like shit keeps changing and it seems like she's like losing her grip kind of
1: Yeah, you absolutely get the theme. And and Amelia, I know you were pointing this out. She's like, is technology just reverting back? Are we going back in time? Because throughout the whole beginning, like Eric was saying, you know, everything's just shifting back and forth, back and forth. You see the wallpaper going back up on the wall. So clearly she's losing some control, right?
2: Probably just maybe because it's so big now and she doesn't have that much control over everything.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely a good point Stretching because the, the limits hex of is her. way, way bigger. Yeah. She can't control it. She can't manage it. And while the hex is also bigger, the whole situation is just falling apart too, right? So you got both of those things at the same time, and she just can't manage that. You know, Wanda's powerful, but she's not that powerful. Um, and, and even at the beginning, Wiccan, I can't remember which one is Wiccan and which one's Speed, Billy Tommy, but Wiccan says, Mom, my head feels weird. It's like really noisy, and I don't like it. And so clearly he can hear all the voices and everything that's going on too because he has powers very similar to his mother. Um, and so that, w- that was a big telling thing. Um, I'm wondering if either of you guys noticed this. Uh, Wanda just grabs cereal at the beginning and she starts eating it. The cereal is called Sugar Snaps. And I thought that was really interesting uh, reference to Thanos's snap in Infinity
0: War. Are Sugar Snaps not real? Is that a re- I'm like 90% sure that's a real thing
2: is not that have like a frog on it or something?
1: I think they're just snaps. I think the normal cereal is just snaps.
2: I was too concerned with like the missing person on the back of the milk. Yeah, same. Honey
1: honey Smacks.
2: Honey Smacks, yeah. (sighs) See, oh, there's a frog. Is it a frog?
1: Yeah, it's a frog. I'm sure there's something called sugar snaps. Oh, my God. So I just have to mention this meta part of our podcast. Um, I'm using my old Big Bertha mixer again and guess who just started hearing the radio Uh yeah me too awesome i love it (laughs) but
2: also at the end of that uh theme song when she's like oh i killed sparky too i got a very like any little dog too (laughs) kind of vibe i'll get you my pretty
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of glad that you know, I know you're Amelia. I know you're into like Halloween and, and spooky stuff like that. I'm glad they're really leaning into like the witch, uh, kind of persona and not trying to like make it modernized in some weird way. Like, it's classic old school witch. We hear her like cackling like a witch, um, and just like what you mentioned, right? It's it's very classic witch,
2: you yeah, know, she, in every way. She even talks about I even bit a kid once, which made me think. Oh, that's where all the kids in Westview went.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That made me think of Spider-Man. I was like, maybe she turned into a witch spider. I don't know. I'm jumping. A witch
2: spider. She also asks them to look at a mole on her back. Yeah, what was up with that? Witches have moles.
1: Is that all that? I thought witches had warts.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know. I thought that was so weird. Will you look at a a mole on my back? (laughs) Yeah. Super bizarre.
0: <laughs> to what <laughs> end, even for what? Yeah, that looks like right. a mole. Okay, thanks. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Appreciate what you looking you, at what point can you do anything? Are you a medical professional? Boundaries. <laughs> <laughs>
0: gotcha. You're a ten year old kid. What the fuck are they gonna say? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, what do you guys think happened to the kids? Are, are they still in existence? Are they put in stasis somewhere? What, what happened to them? Because
0: I'm not quite sure those kids really exist at all. Yeah yeah, I'm there with you. I don't know if they really exist either. <laughs>
2: it kind of I think it was we were supposed to think that something happened to them like when it zoomed in on like the bunny and then it zoomed in on the fly and like they're like, oh, that's two animals. maybe she turned them into the animals like I think that that's kind of one of the things they might have wanted us to think. I don't know if that's exactly what happened. Well she had we've
1: seen that bunny before from what episode two, right? when they were doing the magic show in town. But there was that bug on the wall, which was super creepy, kind of gave me Silence of the Lamb vibes, but I'm not sure what that was supposed to uh, signify. Um, But I don't know. I didn't learn anything in sexual education about an android and a witch having sex, so I'm not sure how those babies exist or how they're real or what. And uh, whether or not, you know, once all this hex is gone, just like their dad, will they exist at all? Because it doesn't seem like Vision's really alive. He's just pieces.
2: I mean, she does tell them not to go past Alice Avenue, but is it because they can't survive outside the hex or is it because she doesn't want them to find out about the hex?
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. You know, would they cease to exist as well. Um, And it's worth noting that we also find out in this episode that uh, director Hayward of sword, um, his project cataract, um, the point of that project was to bring vision back to life um, in some, in some way. So it's not necessarily clear if he was just trying to bring bring Vision back in some form or if they were trying to weaponize him. Um, But I'm starting to wonder whether Hayward is really a bad guy or if he's just kind of a shitty leader and he's kind of a red herring in terms of being an antagonist.
0: Well, didn't I could have sworn a character said specifically that they were trying to weaponize him?
1: It's a good question. I'd, I'd, I'm 99.9% have to go back
0: to sure the not... word "weaponized" was used.
1: <laughs> okay. Um Yeah, I know. I know for sure. Like before that last episode airs, I'm gonna watch all the episodes again, which Eric oh, will probably boy. think is crazy. But
2: <laughs> this sounds like fun.
1: I'm all about it. Let's do it, Eric. Do you want to come over and watch them with us? I'm just kidding. I know you'll say no.
2: <laughs> no, I don't want him to like talk shit about it while we're trying to enjoy it. <laughs>
0: I'm just booing, throwing popcorn at the TV. Boo! <laughs> Oh, my God. No,
1: fuck you! <laughs> All right, so since we're on the topic of disagreeing, I want the fans to realize how wrong you are about something, Eric, because I think I know your opinion on this question. Do you think this series is better serialized or dumped as one?
0: Yeah, I mean, you're obviously going to be way wrong on this, but I think, oh I think this... This series loses so much by being released week to week for specifically for viewers like me, because you have to sit like, so the first three episodes for me, for if anybody, for some reason, didn't listen to those. I did not like the vibe of the first three episodes at all. And then once it started opening up to like outside of Wanda, the WandaVision show, I've I've been enjoying it more but it would have been so much easier to swallow if I could have just burned through those first three instead of having to sit with them. And then when the show does dumb stuff, like like I, re- I was really enjoying the episode until that song. And then I was like, you're going to leave me on this garbage for the next week? Like it? It's oh my God. So, no. it drives me fucking crazy. Crazy.
2: It's been Agatha oh, la, la, la.
1: I genuinely think that you're definitely in the minority when it comes to that song, for sure.
2: I would definitely listen to that song on Spotify.
1: <laughs> no, I, I guess uh, from my perspective, the thing I've really enjoyed outside of the, like if take the show out of the picture, right, and, and the quality of the show or whatever, um, I used to really enjoy, like say, like when Lost was on or I'm trying to think of some other shows like, uh, shoot, uh, Breaking Bad, stuff like that when you would be watching it week to week and you'd get those discussions when you're on Reddit, you're on YouTube, on Twitter and stuff like that. And one of my favorite feelings after I watch an episode, okay, I got to go online and see like what everyone's saying about this. And I've been really enjoying the community aspect of, you know, the online water cooler, I guess, in air quotes. Um, and each week by week, you know, trying to guess what's going to happen, what are we going to see the next week? Um, and putting those theories forward, which I think if it was all dumped at once, we would have been done talking about this within a week or two max. Um, and I feel like that way I, I've gotten more out of the show just in terms of seeing what everyone else is reacting and thinking. Um And as much as it literally kills me to have to wait, it uh, it makes me appreciate it more, I guess.
2: I think it definitely like keeps it going longer, like you just said. Everyone would just watch it in like a couple weeks and then we'd be done with it. But with this, you have to talk about it longer
0: totally. And like that's, you know, that's definitely why they do it and i totally and i totally get the uh online com, you know talking to people about it aspect i just don't participate in that in any way so that doesn't it's it's just purely frustrating to have to wait for for (laughs) for me because there's no reason for it essentially
1: (laughs) no yeah i I totally get that different strokes for different folks indeed um yeah it's been interesting just i don't know like I feel like I wouldn't, if I watch this all, the one thing that I do hate about getting shows all at once is I feel the need to binge them all within a day or two. Otherwise I get spoilers for them and I hate that. But do Um, you not
0: enjoy that? Like I would much rather sit down and just spend a day watching a show.
1: I mean, that's fun, but like, it's also exhausting, I guess. I
2: just don't have that kind of time. (laughs) Like an entire day.
1: Yeah, it, it always takes more than a day for me. That's for sure. Um, but I definitely wouldn't have gotten all the fun Mephisto memes and all these things. And so I would have been bummed missing out on all that stuff. but um, I feel like I don't know, I feel like when when it's all dropped at once, you're more in your own head kind of thinking about it and talking about it. And so I don't know, it'll, it'll, I'm really interested to watch it all as one thing at the very end and kind of see how I feel about it versus the week by week because I think you do miss a little bit. Uh, And you forget a little bit as time goes on. So that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do that, but I'm sure it will be a better (laughs) experience than watching it week to week.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. All right, um, let's talk about the commercial this week because the commercial was uh, a little bit interesting. The commercial on the show this week was for Nexus Antidepressant to anchor you back to your reality or the reality of your choice. Um, and they nailed the whole aesthetic of an antidepressant commercial. Oh my
2: God. I loved this commercial the most out of any of them. And it's not just because I love mental health. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but you can tell so hard in the beginning of the episode, how like depressed she's supposed to be, you know, she's like, Oh, I'm just going to take the whole day to myself and lay in bed and that'll teach me a lesson. And, you know. Or that'll show me, or whatever she says, and she's like so depressed. And then this depression, like, medication commercial. It's just, it was just so good. And I love one of the side effects was, one of the side effects could also be more depression. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. like that's a side effect of <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it it they they nailed the whole thing. Uh, I thought one line was really interesting. I didn't catch it the first time I watched this episode. But they say you should not take Nexus unless your doctor has cleared you to move on with your life. And immediately I thought of Doctor Strange when I heard that.
2: Immediately he was like, <gasps> and I was like, oh my God, oh my god, oh my god, what happened?
1: <laughs> it's like they mentioned doctor. So clearly it's gotta be Doctor Strange.
2: Obviously, there's no other explanation.
1: Um, yeah. Eric, do you think Doctor Strange is gonna show up in this show?
2: <laughs> yeah
0: i would bet my entire life savings that dr strange is going to show up <laughs> in the show
1: damn all right well i'm, I'm <laughs> on the a, same page with you. I, I think there's no there's no way <laughs> yeah, he doesn't show up guarantee. I
2: how does he find her do you think
1: i mean Magic. he found loki the moment loki stepped back onto earth right
2: yeah that's true
1: yeah so I how would
2: know. he know to look for her though
1: i mean i'm assuming if like someone's even if it's this Agatha Harkness, let's let's assume either Agatha Harkness or you know Wanda are the one that are controlling this hex. You would think that the the uh, <laughs> you would think that the um, you know what's God damn it! I can't remember anything today. The master of mystic arts. What do you, what is it called? What is his name? Title? Sorcerer
0: Supreme. Sorcerer Supreme
1: of Earth. <laughs> Thank you, Eric, because I can't remember a damn thing today. You would think that the Sorcerer Supreme would know that an entire city has been controlled by a witch for like the last several. You would weeks. Certainly hope. So
0: you'd certainly hope
1: it's kind of like your job, right?
0: <laughs> so, um, so before we move on from Nexus, were you going to bring up the facts that in the comics, the Nexus is like the way what is it like the way they go back and forth between universes?
2: Go between or something. So there's Nexus,
1: there's Nexus beings, right? So the tagline at the end of the Nexus commercial, by the way, says Nexus, because the world doesn't revolve around you, or does it? (laughs) Um, And so Nexus beings in, in the Marvel universe, I kind of have a definition written down. Nexus beings are rare individual entities with the ability to affect probability and thus the future thereby altering the flow of the universal time stream. And so one Nexus being alone supposedly exists on each parallel world of the multiverse and personify the character of their respective realms and serve as a focal point for that reality. And so now that we're entering into the madness of the multiverse, it seems like they're saying that, that Wanda is one of those Nexus beings that, um, you know, in, in one of the cosmic forces of kind of the universe in which she exists. Um So I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I'm sure it means something.
0: <laughs> Do you think there's going to be any explanation at all of why Wanda's powers are suddenly just magic now? Uh And how is that... Uh, How is that magic the same as Dr. Strange magic, which is the same as random Agatha Harkness, who's just straight up a witch, is magic. And, like, I'm already... I'm preparing myself to be disappointed by the explanation for whatever they're going to... I don't even think there's going to be an explanation, man. That's so dumb, though. Like, she's just... don't you have to be educated in some way to do magic? How can you just do magic?
1: Yeah, I mean, her powers are kind <laughs> of weird. I feel like they had to kind of explain them with the, what was it, the scepter, you know, is how both her and, and her brother got powers. But I don't I don't know. I don't think they're going to ever really go into any more, any more further explanation of it. Um, other, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like they try to not over-explain it, and then you're just supposed to ride with it. But
0: uh, I don't know. Like I could that. be wrong. I want an explanation. That makes no sense to me. Is Infinity Stone bequeathed magic automatically better? Like I don't. I want to know. I mean, I
1: wonder if. I mean, I know she's called like the Scarlet Witch, but you know, she more just manipulates reality. Um, There's that whole sequence in Age of Ultron where. Um, you know, wow, uh, Maria, um, not Rambo, whatever her name Hill. is, from Hill. Maria Hill. Thank you. I literally don't know what's wrong with my head today. Um, <laughs> Maria Hill, like, you know, she has she's telekinetic and she can manipulate realities and all these type of things. She kind of like goes off and explains it for a minute. Um, so it doesn't seem like she's as witchy as say, or as magical as say, Doctor Strange or Agatha Harkness but that there may be uh, – maybe it's kind of – that Venn diagram overlaps a little bit more than we'd think. Um, and so I think I, I understand what you're saying, and I think it makes sense, right? Like how, how, how do these two people interact? How do those powers interact with each other um, besides the fact that, you know, Agatha Harkness has these glowy purple? And, <laughs> right. Uh, why does Scarlet Witch have red, and why does Monica yeah. Rambeau have blue? You know, all <laughs> these powers seem very similar, but they're different. And so the explanation for that is kind of
0: gray area. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. Sh- I'm sure you're right. Is and it's gonna disappoint me. <laughs> they just want to keep the show consistent for you. Disappointing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think the show as a whole is disappointing. I well, actually, oh boy, no, oh maybe, boy. maybe yeah. I do. I maybe no, just because disappointing's the right because I'm not not liking it i i am liking it but i i actually i do think i would say for my personal taste it is kind of disappointing was i'm trying to remember back in when <laughs> we were talking season one stuff was it that
1: you were really disappointed by guardians of the galaxy right yes well
0: yes yes
1: is that is it kind of a similar thing where this is not no. what
0: you expected it would be no, I actively dislike the Wandavision stuff. I don't actively dislike Guardians of the Galaxy. It just, I it just wasn't as good as I hoped. I um, see, okay. and so it just fell, it just fell short of my because people were talking about, oh my god, this movie, this is the funniest movie I've ever seen. It's the best Marvel movie to date. So I'm walking into this movie theater like this is gonna be easily my favorite movie ever, and it was it right. was very good, but it was just a movie. Uh, but but I but I actively dislike a lot of the creative choices in WandaVision, uh, but I do, but I really like the overall story arc, though. So it's like, you know, ups and ups and downs, pros and cons.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because this is one of my favorite shows of all time. I love it. That's but
0: it's- insane. <laughs>
1: I'm the insane one absolutely I'll take it um, there's uh, there's a couple more little quotes in here that I wanted to point out before uh, before we wrap up this episode um, the, the children Billy and Tommy they ask Wanda where their dad is at and they say do you want to go look for him and she says well if he doesn't want to be here there's nothing I can do about that which I thought was interesting just more of her you know kind of giving up on that whole idea. You know, things aren't as clear. She's depressed. You know, this isn't working as she originally thought. Um,
2: yeah, but she literally just did something about that. Right. Yeah. I mean, she, <laughs> like, she's the reason he's still alive. Right? She just expanded the hex to make him stay inside of it. And, you know, in the in
1: the intro for the show, so there's always the intro based on, you know, the decade of the show or whatever, so it was Modern Family. The entire intro for this show, it was just Wanda, 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 Wanda all over the place where it typically would say WandaVision. And then at the very end, it says WandaVision. Yeah. And I we thought were, that was very telling,
2: right? Yeah, we were watching it and I was like, oh my God, it just says Wanda. It just says Wanda. It just says, oh, okay, it says Vision.
1: <laughs> but I wonder if that's, you know, that's very... It basically is what happened in this episode, though. We just see Wanda for most of it, and in the very end, Wanda or Vision comes flying back, right? And that's literally what happened in this episode, because uh, Vision for most of this is, is at the circus. He basically uh, zaps Darcy back to this reality, and then they spend a bunch of time like slowly getting back to the house. Only Wanda's magic or Agatha Harkness's magic is stopping them from getting there. And eventually Vision realizes, this is silly. Like, what am I doing? And then he just flies back to the house. We never see him arrive, right? Um, but, you know, they're driving a car back to the house. And I even said at one point, I was like, why isn't he just flying back home? He's Vision, you know? And that's what ends up happening at some point, so.
2: Yeah, and he kind of makes a comment saying that he thinks that Wanda doesn't want him to come back, but I think it's more like Agatha doesn't want him to come back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, now thinking about the episode, You know, in its whole, it seems more like Agatha doesn't want him to come back because Vision is the driving force for, you know, fighting against Wanda and this whole Westview thing. Right. Um, And so for some reason, Agatha wants this to continue. And we can all remember from our previous episodes, right, when she talks about Wanda talks about bringing the dead back. It seems like Agnes slash Agatha Harkness was like, you can do that. And so it seems like she has some desire to bring someone back from the dead. Yeah, Just looking back, right? And so that's got to play into something, I would assume.
2: Who in her life is dead?
1: That's, that's a good question. I mean, where's her husband at, for one? Does her husband even exist, this Ralph guy? Um, there, there's a lot of big questions here, um, and I'm assuming the next two episodes will answer them. Um, one more thing. Um, the boys at one point mentioned Uncle P, to which Wanda immediately says, don't believe anything that man said. He is not your uncle. And so it seems like after the whole Halloween uh, episode that she clearly understands that that is not actually Pietro, Um, but she doesn't really know who he is other than that's not actually her brother. So an important line there.
2: So who do you think it could be? Because we see Agatha controlling him, like her son or something.
1: I'm wondering if it's just like a just a creation of some sort, just an illusion. Um, rather than an actual person. I don't know. You don't think there's any chance
0: that's Mephisto? I mean, I wouldn't think so,
1: because why would she be controlling Mephisto? I don't know, because... I would assume that Mephisto would be a a bigger threat than Agatha Harkness would ever be. I don't think Mephisto is going to show up at all. I don't know.
0: Whoa, really? (laughs) I, I really, I don't know. You don't think I think that's going to be the connector between WandaVision and Doctor Strange.
1: Uh, nothing would make me happier than Mephisto showing up, but it just I don't know, like it's
0: it would, be, it would be a big thing to throw in like the the last two episodes. But that's kind of why I feel like it's it's fake Pietro. I would
1: love for that to be the case. Um, I think if Mephisto shows up, I don't think he'll be Pietro just just because of the imagery we saw of of her controlling Pietro I just I don't see Agatha Harkness controlling Mephisto in any way. I feel like Mephisto is a much stronger person than Agatha Harkness could ever be. I mean, he's like basically the devil. Yeah. And he runs his own dimension. He's not just some witch on Earth. But, yeah. I don't Fair.
0: know. But we but have two you. But I, I would love I, to see him. I guess I would him. say you also are taking at face value that everything you saw in that, uh, assumedly, um, crafted by Agatha Harkness theme video was all like actual reality. And that's exactly how it happened. Might not be. That's a good
1: point. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely can't trust our own eyes on this show Yeah, um, because different characters have different ways of showing us things. And obviously Agatha Harkness was directing that whole thing. Right. Yeah. So um, she'll show us what she wants to show us. Um, I'm super, super hyped about seeing what's going to happen next episode with all of Agatha Harkness and all that. Um, that was a big reveal It was, oh my gosh, whenever I see that, the please stand by, which is like the first thing we see before the credits, oh, I got so frustrated, and I always get so frustrated because, you know, (laughs) they're so good at leaving that cliffhanger there, Mm -hmm. Um, but this is our first episode with a mid credit scene.
0: Eric, did you watch it? I did. And what did you think? Uh, Fine, but pointless. It didn't, (laughs) like... Why was that an after credit scene? Who knows? I don't know. It was was extremely underwhelming. It just it didn't really tell me anything. It's like. I don't know. I really think this
1: is just a way to get Monica back in the scene. Right. So, yeah. In this mid credit scene, you know, we saw it accidentally like we usually just shut it off. Right. But uh, we were talking after watching the show and then it popped up. And I think we both kind of gasped for a second because after seven episodes, you're not really expecting it. Um,
2: I was literally yelling. I was like, has there been an after credit scene this whole time and we didn't watch it? <laughs>
1: Thankfully not. Um, but we basically see Monica trying to get into Agatha's house and she goes up to these walk-in basement doors, right? And you op- she opens them up and you see like the purple kind of shit on the walls. You know, it's just, it looks really spooky. And then immediately Pietro shows up. The only time he's in this episode and all he says is, Snooper's going to snoop. <laughs> And then boom, it's over.
2: And then boom, Snoop Dogg's cameo.
1: Boom, yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> Music video is coming out later
1: today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really just think this is like connecting Pietro to it all, getting Monica over into, you know, this creepy basement. And so now all the all the main players, especially the powerful ones, are kind of together. Um and and I guess we'll see what happens next week, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wish it was more consequential. It was just kinda nothing. Like I feel like especially if you don't have an after credits scene for six episodes, then you drop one. You would think that's supposed to be a bit like a crazy thing, right? That's just but it was just something that just should have happened in the episode.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it's just it's setting up the tease so that we watch the next two. And I bet there's going to be a bigger uh, one
0: at the end of the series. You could be right. Just trying to
1: train yeah.
2: people
0: like, hey, pay attention now.
1: Yeah. Like set the expectation. Hey, there could be something after the credits now. Yeah. So watch it.
2: Like so. in every like Marvel movie.
1: Right. Yeah. You you know, we're always waiting. We're always waiting to see <laughs> more. So
2: we're conditioned.
1: Very, very clearly conditioned. Just and like, you I know, I love it.
2: We're basically dogs, you know, salivating at credit <laughs> scenes.
1: Listen, I'll do anything for Kevin Feige at this point. So he rings that bell and I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Are we ready to rate this episode out of six Infinity Stones, y'all? Any last words before we rate it?
0: I'm I'm absolutely foaming at the mouth to hear what score you're going to give this time. I'm sure it definitely won't be a perfect six out of six again. All right. I'll
1: start off because I'm going to throw you off. I'm giving this one a four. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I'm proud I, of you. You should be. You, should, you know, and let me, let me say this too. I, I'm going to, I'm going to explain some of my, pre, my past ratings a little bit. Um, and, and when the next, when the last episode comes out, I'm going to re-rate all of them too, in the context of the whole show. Oh, but okay. Okay. I was explaining to Chris kind of my thought process. Cause after we, we talked last week, I was trying to think through how my brain thinks about these ratings. Right. And so there's definitely some like flexibility between the ratings. I know if I watched it again, I would probably lower my ratings for the first two episodes a little bit for sure. Just in the context of everything. But Mm -hmm. I kind of view it as like, instead of a percentage, like I was saying last week, it's more of like six is excellent. Five is great. Four is good. Three is average. Uh, Two is kind of just like below average, not super great. And then one is just like bad. Um, And so That's kind of how I think about it. With this week, I thought this one was, like, I thought it was good. Um, There was a lot of stuff in it that I really liked. I just thought, like, the pacing of it was, like, a little bit kind of, um, it was just, like, a little wonky. Just, you know, getting all the stuff with the sword agents was a little bit disappointing. Um, And her getting back into the hex, you know, before she actually got her powers. I just thought that was super weird. Um, I didn't really care for the subplot with Darcy and Vision. I felt like it took up too much time. Yeah. Where, I, where I would have rather seen some of the stuff with Monica and Agatha Harkness and all these things. Um, but overall, some of the questions we had answered I liked. I thought they nailed the modern family thing. I love seeing the reveal of Agatha Harkness and all that. I thought the commercial was fantastic. Um, and I like the direction it's going, like a lot. I think that that's great. Just as an episode, um, this was just good for me, I'd say. All right. So there you go. A non, a non six for you. I love uh, it. Amelia, what do you got for us?
2: Um, I was going to give it a four as well. I thought that it was really good, but I'm so used to there being so many more surprises in the episodes. And this one had like two big ones and that was it. And so I wasn't sitting on the edge of my seat as much as I normally am. And, I agree with the part about, like, Darcy and Vision. I thought that was cute, and I'm glad Darcy gets to be in this. But, like, it wasn't that good. I mean, I thought it was hilarious when that guy was, like, really upset and yelling at him and telling him to get on stage. That was funny. And then uh, when Vision is talking to the camera, that was hilarious. But other we, than we that, it was just, a We spent, like, a, a lot
1: of time at the circus, didn't we?
2: Yeah, the, I think it was just, yeah, that part was just kind of a waste. And so, yeah. And then... Mm, yeah, four for me too. All right.
0: Eric, what do you got for us this episode? I'm also going to give this episode a four. I, uh, it's for during the Monica stuff, it was a, it was an easy five. And, um, like I want, I sign me up for the Monica Rambo show for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, goddamn song at the end uh, damn near ruined the entire episode for me so that so that brings it back down to a four for me and and i totally agree on the vision darcy stuff it was cool like i didn't dislike it but it didn't need to be there um and it yeah. was the most boring part of the episode easily no yeah
1: 100 agree and i'm 100 percent in agreement on the monica stuff like i'm all in on monica rambo dude it's crazy
0: it. what a great new character
2: Yep. Yeah, she's great. She's I'm like, really the, excited she's to the see breakout what
0: of this show for sure. I would say she's more of the second star to Wanda than even Vision is. I feel like, I don't know, like half of the the outside of WandaVision. it is the Monica Rambo show, which is uh, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, I have one more bit that I want I want to get your guys's opinion on at the end of this show is Vision being resurrected? Um, even if he doesn't remember everything that happened, do you think Vision will be resurrected at the end of this show? Amelia?
2: No, I don't think so. Vision. I don't really Vision's know why, dead. but...
0: What about you, Eric? Man. I don't know. Because like a part of me feels like it would make sense in the context of the universe to revive him. He's an artificial being, right? There's no reason vision needs to stay dead, but also I just have a feeling Paul Bettany doesn't care that much. (laughs) And I don't, Mm -hmm. I I can't see Paul Bettany signing on for like another three films or whatever he would have to do. So I, so I don't know. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I mean, and there's, there's history in the comics of vision being brought back to life and him not, really you know vision's back but it's not his same like he doesn't remember everything yeah, from the past yeah um and so part of me thinks that that's kind of what they're doing i would re- i love vision so he's one of my favorite comic book characters um i feel like paul bettany's completely on board i mean what else is that guy doing um this like revitalized his entire hollywood career it seems like yeah at yeah. least he's in stuff
0: yeah, um, but I'm always skeptical of actors who have to do characters that take hours of makeup, which Vision clearly does.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, my. Yeah. That, that's just like, it, I'm sure it's not fun, but yeah. also it's like kind of our conversation at the beginning of the episode. I no, right.
0: It. It's a privilege. It's more yeah. than a privilege, for sure. Yeah. And so
1: it'll be interesting to see. We got two more episodes left. Um,. And and that's it, you know, so probably about an hour, maybe a little bit more worth of WandaVision, unless we end up getting uh, uh, longer episodes. There was a rumor that there was a 10th episode. I'll be very surprised if that ends up being the case. Um, but so far as we know, there's only two episodes left. So let's move on to recommendations for the week. Amelia, what's going on? What do you got to recommend for us this week?
2: Nothing. Nothing at all? I was not prepared.
1: Oh my gosh! I
2: found out I was doing this last night.
1: Well, I'll have to uh, have a very reprimanding talk with our scheduling.
2: uh, Yeah, you guys need to let me know in advance next time.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, Amelia's got nothing for us. Eric, what about you?
2: I
0: picked up a video game. It just came out. It is a Super Mario 3D World plus bowser's fury that is the full name of the game it's real it's real weird uh it's a real weird name i mean but it's a it's basically uh the game super mario 3d world came out for the wii u like forever ago but nobody had the wii u but now a lot of people have the nintendo switch so nintendo re-released it and added on basically like a second game um and they're both super good. I mean, every Mario game's good. If you've ever played a Mario game, you get it. They're just like the uh, the the number one most essential video game is uh, just Mario games, and they're all great. And this one's no exception. So I'd highly recommend it. Also, it's multiplayer, up to four players. Um, so that can that can be fun too. Uh, but yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's it's a fun time. It's not too much of a thinker, but it's uh. But it's just like so, uh, the most solid uh, platforming and just like a like a, you know, fun party game. Uh, It's great. It's, it's fucking great. It's Mario. What was that full title again? Can you hit us with that? OK, it is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. It's
1: so crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. the most ridiculous video game name I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a long one. But but it is it is great. It is genuinely great. And so that's on Switch now, you said? And it's on Nintendo Switch. I think that just came out, like, last week or something. Maybe two weeks ago. But Awesome. Yeah.
2: Love multiplayer it, games it. are the best ones anyways, when you can actually play with somebody in person.
0: Yeah, Like, totally. the
2: way video games should be played.
0: Oh,
1: my gosh. Wow. So Amelia doesn't like <laughs> video games when you're just playing online.
0: Oh, yikes. That's, like, the and majority of my her, life.
1: Yeah, her Tinder profile literally said, sorry, no gamers at the bottom.
2: <laughs> wow, calling me out.
1: <laughs> yep. I was like, yeah, wow, I still That ended just up means with no one. assholes. <laughs> I what a hater! But you like playing, uh, you like playing some video games for sure. We were, we were playing, uh, we play Rock Band on the Nintendo Wii.
2: Does that count?
1: All the time. It's, it's a video game, right? Yeah. So we got for Rock sure. Band one, two, and three, and that the, we've I've gotten all these things. I've set it all up. Uh, had to go meet a bunch of people on Facebook Marketplace to find all these things because literally on the original Nintendo Wii. Um, and so that's actually been a lot of fun during, you know, pandemic quarantine, all this stuff, just getting the drums out and the guitars and, and being able to play. It's,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's the most social you can be in indoors. I feel uh-huh. like, but. Yeah, hell
2: yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good way to pass the time since nothing was open when we started getting all that stuff. Yeah.
1: So that that's been fun. Um, but yeah, no, I've been pulling out the, uh, nintendo wii sports as well i like playing uh, nice. nine holes on on wii golf yeah it's my, one of my favorite games of all time um <laughs> there's a new mario yeah.
0: golf game coming out I'm i saw
1: stoke. that yeah
0: it looks awesome too
1: yeah no that'll probably be super fun i really enjoy mario mario golf um when was the last time that came out was that on 2011 game
0: i believe is wow. the last one yeah
1: insane insane so 10 years there All right, Um, my recommendations this week, as they tend to always be, are are comic-based. So I read two books this week. I read the first book of Young Avengers by Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung, um, which I very much enjoyed. I never thought I'd really enjoy it, but uh, uh, it's really good, and it kind of fits into the context of of the show, obviously, with Billy and Tommy as as Speed and Wiccan, um, though it's mostly just Wiccan in in this book. Um, I just started reading Vision and the Scarlet Witch, but I haven't gotten through that one yet enough to talk about it. But I also read a little Mephisto book, and it's actually called Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. Um, and it actually has Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom uh, working together to go into Mephisto's realm, and he's trying to rescue his mom from hell, essentially. Um, it's a super, super old book, and it's it's considered a graphic novel in terms of Marvel standards. It's not issue-based, uh, but it's like a short little graphic novel that I actually found really cool. Um, you get some of those cool, um, very LSD, acidy kind of uh, Doctor Strange panels and stuff like that with all his magic. And so I really enjoyed that. I wanted to read something with Mephisto in it. And so uh, that was a, a quick read this week that I picked up. Love it. Alrighty, folks. That's the episode. We will be back next week to talk about Episode 8 of WandaVision. We got two episodes left. Uh, so tune in while you can, and then we'll be on to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we'll see you next week on the Infinity Watch. If you want to reach out to us, you can tweet us at Infinity Rewatch or shoot us an email at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, do it. Do it, do, do it. it. I dare you. <laughs> All righty, until next time. Fuck the billion ass.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Every time.